Hello, hello. It is David back again with another episode of Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. This is episode number 63. Uh, I gotta say, I surprised myself with this one. Uh, having just moved to another apartment uh, on Wednesday, I wasn't sure if I would be able to get my shit together enough to uh, put out this episode on time, but it looks like I'm going to be able to do that. So you can have it at the ready to start your work week. So here we go. This is not a themed episode. It's just kind of a normal episode, but we're going to kick things off by going to the UK out of Sussex. And this is a classic band that uh, some have you know, heavily debated whether or not they are black metal or not. Uh, I don't really think so, but it doesn't really matter. They're an extreme metal band, and I think they're damn good. Great lyrics, great songwriting. Um, they kind of lost me through the you know mid-2000s, late-2000s, and then they started coming back around again. So that band is Cradle of Filth, and um, you know if you ask a lot of the purists, they would say that the, uh, the peak time for Cradle of Filth was probably their first uh, three records. I personally, I love Midian. It's probably still my favorite just all-around uh, record, but um, because that one still kind of had the, the faster, you know, kind of thrashy elements from uh, the previous couple of records, but then started introducing kind of more stripped-down um, songwriting. So the songs were, were super memorable, I thought, on Midian. But um, I'm going to play something off of Cruelty and the Beast, which is considered by many to be their, their peak, and uh, that originally came out in May of 1998 on Music for Nations. It's their third album overall, and uh, they actually just did a remix, remaster, and re-release of it in November of last year, and it sounds fantastic. They had been teasing it for a little while there, and it took a while to come out, but uh, it was worth it because it, uh, it definitely, um, definitely changes the whole uh, sound of that album, the way they remixed it, because a lot of bands will do a remaster, but really a uh, remaster can only do so much. A remix is really going to uh, open up a whole new world of what they can do. It, they can make it sound like a totally different record. Um, so the drums sound great, and everything just sounds uh, punchier and brighter, and um, it really did wonders for this album, which was already good, I thought, but... Um, but yeah, so it sounds so damn good, I just have to play something off of it. So off of the remixed and remastered version of Cruelty and the Beast, this is Cradle of Filth with Beneath the Howling Stars.
right, that was Cradle of Filth with Beneath the Howling Stars. Um, remixing and remastering that really makes you appreciate uh, the performance from, from Nick Barker on that record, <clears throat> for sure. Um, yeah, that song has one of my favorite all-time Cradle of Filth uh, riffs, and um, I should have looked up like exactly what spot in the song it comes in so I could I could mention it, but... Uh, but yeah, whatever. If you ever if you ever meet me in person, just ask me. Um, all right, we're going to uh, keep rolling here. We're going to go to the USA out of Minnesota. I think they're out of uh, Minneapolis, to be more specific. This is a nice death metal band called Noose Rot, and um, they released an EP in 2018, February of 2018, called The Creeping Unknown. It was released through Sentient Ruin Laboratories. And to my knowledge, they haven't released anything since this, but uh, it was something I first heard, I want to say it was probably December... Um, and I just kind of didn't uh, do much with that information <laughs> until about a month ago. I thought about it, and I was like, oh, yeah, that would be a good one to play on a future episode. But um, songs are great. It's not that long, of course. It's just an EP, but uh, with this being their debut, it's definitely promising. It's nothing new or uh, particularly like creative um, as far as death metal goes, but um, it's just good, solid death metal, and I enjoy it. But... Um, whenever one of the other bands I play in, Giant of the Mountain, uh, we just toured and, and we played Minneapolis and we had a stacked lineup for Minneapolis, so there's really nothing I would change about that show at all, but, uh, it would have been cool to have a band like this, uh, on there as well, but, but, uh, yeah, the band is called Noose Rot, and again, that EP is called The Creeping Unknown, so here we go. This tune is called Worship the Crypt. <laughs>
That was Noosrot from Minnesota with Worship the Crypt. I really like their their sound on that EP because especially the guitar tone, it's not your typical like Stockholm Swedish death metal tone. It's close, but it's not quite that. And it actually kind of reminds me of uh, of Bloodbath's uh, second record, Nightmares Made Flesh. Kind of reminds me of uh, of some of the riffing in that and the guitar tone of it and stuff. But um yeah, solid stuff. Um, okay, so we're going to jump to Sweden here, out of Stockholm, to a black metal band, not a death metal band. Uh, the band is called Avslut, and Avslut uh, released their second record in November of last year, so it's still pretty fresh. It's called Tyranny. That was released on Osmos Productions, who I'm happy to see is still, you know, a label. Because when I think of Osmos Productions, I think of, like, the old Immortal albums from the early 90s and stuff and old impaled nazarene records and stuff like that and uh, they've been around a long time um i'm not sure if they stopped for a bit and then resumed or if they've just been uh, active this whole time but it's good to see them still still around but um but yeah this album um their first album as well but especially this uh, this new album tyranny is a very kind of relentless um pace that kind of is maintained throughout the album and it's not quite like dark funeral style but it's close it's very intense like that you know but um it's good stuff it's not something i would listen to on on a regular basis uh, simply because there's a bit of a lack of dynamics um throughout the album it is very just kind of in your face fast paced for from start to finish and i kind of like a little uh tune here and there that's a little slower that lets you take a breath that makes you appreciate the fast stuff uh, all the more i think but um but yeah, it's a solid record, and there's some really stellar performances uh, on this record. So here we go off of their second album, Tyranny. This is Avslut with Likvindering.
All right, that was Avslut from Stockholm, Sweden with Likvidering. Um, again, it's pretty relentless pace through most of that, and it's a wall of sound pr style production. I do love the, the bass tone on that record because it reminds me a lot of like the, uh, the albums from kind of like Marduk's uh, like middle period uh, with B-Wars bass tone in those records. It kind of reminds me of that, but, uh, but I, I like the way that it stands out. Uh, okay, we're going to jump to back to the USA, out of Florida this time, and uh, one of the old Morrisound Studios uh, kind of regulars. One of the classic American Florida death metal bands. I've played them maybe one other time uh, in all these episodes, but the band is Deicide, and Deicide is not necessarily my favorite of the, that whole kind of scene, but they do have some, some real shining moments, um, and they've released some really quality stuff over the years. Their newest album is uh, actually very good, um, considering how deep into their career they are. You know, they've kind of reinvented themselves on a few occasions, having some different members and such, and kind of having a rejuvenated uh, energy to some of their records. Same thing happened when they got Jack Owen in the band uh, initially, and they released uh, The Stench of Redemption. That one was kind of a reawakening for them. But uh, I'm going back to kind of the classic era with the old Hoffman brothers. Now, the band as a whole are idiots, and, um, you know, normally I wouldn't just lump the entire band in there, <laughs> but if you've seen interviews with this band over the years, especially from the 90s, you just, like, they're just idiots. Like, the Hoffman brothers dropped out of high school to focus on the band, and it shows, and Glenn Benton's just an idiot, and uh, he just can't really seem to answer questions with, like, a legitimate answer. He's just vague and, and confusing with a lot of the stuff he says. But uh, Steve, I don't know as much about with his interviews and stuff. I've just seen, like, old ones with the whole band and stuff, and they all just kind of sounded uh, like they could have finished high school. It would have done them some good. But um, nonetheless, they've made quite the career for themselves. So there's some really bonehead lyrics... Um, on this record. There's one that uh, my friend JT and I reference all the time, and it's one that he pointed out to me, and it's actually in this song, is that uh, in instead of saying that with no choice to do so, he says without no choice to do so, which makes no sense. So he says without no choice to do so, you cannot resist. So now, once that got pointed out to me the first time, I hear it every single time I listen to this song, and it cracks me up. But um, but yeah, this was uh, from the album Once Upon the Cross. It was their third album. They've got 12 total now. But it was their third record, and it came out in April of 95 on Roadrunner Records. And this was another one produced by uh, the legendary Scott Burns. So it's got that typical Morrisound Scott Burns kind of production from those uh, early 90s, mid-90s records. But um, this one kind of launched them into a different uh, level of popularity, I'd say. Their first two records were solid, and they were very uh, respected. But it was this one, especially with the cover art and everything, that kind of uh, got them into the forefront. But I'm going to play the title track. It's a good tune. And uh, what else is there to say? So here we go from Florida. This is Deicide with Once Upon the Cross.
That was Deicide with Once Upon the Cross. Now, I know it sounds like I kind of just shit all over them with my introduction to that <laughs> to that song. But truth be told, I mean, they have released a lot of really good stuff over the course of their career. And uh, there's certainly no denying that Steve is a, is a fantastic drummer even now. I mean, he's no spring chicken, but uh, he's still damn good. Uh, okay, we're going to jump back to Sweden here. This is a band that is more... Um, known because of who their singer was than for any sort of actual musical accomplishments. Uh, the band is Morbid, and um, <clears throat> those of you may know Morbid because their singer back in the day was uh, Dead, and Dead became the singer for Mayhem, and then of course uh, you know blew his brains out and, and just kind of became infamous for, for his time in Mayhem. But he was in this band, Morbid, with a couple of guys who would uh, later on <clears throat> be members of uh, Entombed, and they just released some demos. They only existed from 86 to 88. I think they existed from 85 to 86 under a different name. And then they went by the name Morbid for those two years and then uh, disbanded in 88. And that's kind of when he, that's when Dead, you know, moved on to uh, to joining Mayhem because he just kind of didn't have anything going on at that point. So, um, but yeah, they released some demos, which are, I guess, considered to be somewhat legendary, I guess, you know, there's kind of cult classics, I guess might be a better word for it. Um, but yeah, they released some demos in, in, during that time period that were just kind of meh. And I still don't really see what the big deal is, not only musically, but, um, I think that Dead sounds bad. Like on these demos, he sounds better. Uh, obviously that Mayhem didn't do any studio recordings with Dead. Uh, it's all kind of bootleg rehearsal live shows, things like that. So you can hear his vocals sound better to me with Mayhem than they do here with Morbid. Uh, basically what he's doing with Morbid is just kind of like aggressive whispering. Like he's not really projecting loudly and really screaming or growling or anything. It's just kind of a raspy whisper and it's just kind of weird to me. I don't like the sound of it. But nonetheless, <laughs> he wrote some damn fine lyrics and... Um, this is probably the most well-known demo. Uh, the demo is called December Moon. It came out in December of 87, and it was released independently at the time. I'm sure it's been re-released by other labels over the years, but I didn't uh, look that information up. But I just wanted to look up the original release information. So they did it independently, and this is uh, this is the first cut off of it. So here we go, off of the December Moon demo. This is Morbid with My Dark Subconscious. Syn alla måste diggare.
morbid with my dark subconscious so yeah i mean it's not terrible but it's just kind of unremarkable um i always think of toy story just hear me out here but whenever buzz you know tries to show that he can fly and really he's just kind of like bouncing off of you know trampolines and crap and just like floating through the air for a second and then he lands and and everyone's amazed and then woody says that's not flying that was just falling with style and that's kind of what i think about with these vocals it's like, that's not screaming, that's just whispering with aggression. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, let's jump. Well, let's stay in Sweden, because we were just in Sweden for, for Morbid, so we're going to stay in Sweden here. This is a band I know nothing about, and there's really nothing to know, because they don't release the uh, identities of the members, and I don't have any idea how many members are in this band or anything, but... Um, they just released their debut album in February. The band's called Phaedra. That's F-A-I-D-R-A. 
and they released their debut album called Six Voices Inside, and it was uh, released on February 21st through Northern Silence Productions, and um, they're listed as atmospheric black metal, and it's pretty much exactly that. Nothing particularly fast about it, it's more kind of slower or mid-paced, but um, it hits the spot, I don't know. There's something about it that's nothing particularly new, but uh, they just do it really well. And I have found myself really liking this record, and it's got some pretty striking cover art as well, which kind of helps, because that's kind of what draws you in in the first place, is you see a cover or see a band logo or whatever and say, huh, that looks interesting, let's give it a listen. Uh, That's kind of how it was with me anyways on uh, Spotify. I came across it and was like, well, I never heard of that, let's give it a listen. So... Um, but it's good. Again, the record's called Six Voices Inside. So here we go. This is Phaedra with The Judas Cradle, which, coincidentally, is also the name of an Obsidian Throne song, which is a band that I played in for years and years. We had a song called The Judas Cradle. So we thought we were being pretty original, and now uh, it's been copied right here. <laughs> here you go.
All right, there we have it. That was Phaedra from Sweden. Um, that song, The Judas Cradle, I love it. And that record as a whole kind of has that um, headbanging pace like that. Like you just can't help but do just kind of a slow head nod, you know, to, to that music. And uh, I think they do a really good job with that style. Um, so I might just have to purchase that. I think I will, if I ever come across some disposable income for a change. Um, all right, we're going to go to Finland here. This is a band that I think is great, and I've played them once or twice on the podcast uh, in episodes past. They're called Lantern, and they're kind of black and death metal. They kind of have some thrashy elements at times. But um, they actually just released a new EP uh, last year in 2019, but I still can't get enough of their second album, which was called Morphosis, and that came out in March of 2017 on Dark Descent Records. And uh, so I'm going to play something off of that. And um, yeah, it's it's hard to pick a favorite off of this record, but uh, I, I keep coming back to this one. There's just too many good moments in this song. But uh, but yes, I admit I have not um, gone and listened to the uh, EP that they released in 2019, and I need to. I need to find that music and, and listen to it. I don't think it's on Spotify, so I'm going to have to like check it out on their Bandcamp page or something like that, or through the Dark Descent Records uh, page maybe. So yeah, I gotta get on it, but for now I'm gonna play something from the last record. So, off of Morphosis, this is Lantern with Necrotic Epiphanies.
That was Lantern from Finland with Necrotic Epiphanies off of their album Morphosis. I love that record, and you know, I gotta hand it to the uh, the Finns. They really know how to do things differently. Um, even you know, as close as they are to one another, they are so drastically different from the Swedes in the way they do things uh, with their black metal, their death metal. Um, they just kind of do their own thing, and I've always loved that about them. But um, that being said, <laughs> we're going back to Sweden for the next couple. Um, this band I love, and uh, it was projected. I first became aware of them with um, my old band, Obsidian Throne, because our singer, Chris, we, we loved to do covers. So we had loads of, you know, original stuff, but we uh, would always try to just work in covers into the live set, and, uh, and we always picked ones that weren't necessarily that well-known, like we covered demoniacal possession by old man's child and uh, enemy within by arch enemy and uh just you know what else did we used to do come to the sabbath by merciful fate we used to play that pretty often we did um oh blinded by light enlightened by darkness by necrophobic which was fun and uh but we we never got around to doing this one and uh, my my friend chris who was the singer he uh recommended the song I Am Vengeance by Nagelfar, and I had never heard Nagelfar until he had presented that song idea. And the song was awesome, and I checked out that record, Sheol, and um, the record was amazing. And to me, you know, the vocals were such a standout uh, feature. The excellent vocals from Jens Ryden, and then he left the band after that record. I want to say that record came out in 01, and... Um, they didn't release another one until I think 04, and I bought it when that one came out. It was uh, the bass player, Christopher Olivius, and transitioned over to vocals. He, I think he had done backing vocals, you know, the whole time anyway, so he just kind of transitioned over to uh, being the full-time vocalist. And he has a great voice, not quite as good as, as Jens, but uh, he has a perfectly fine voice. And the album that they released, which is escaping me right now, Pariah, that's what it was called, was pretty strong, and uh, but then everything since then, they've taken forever in between albums, and then whenever they do finally release it, it's kind of like, yeah, it's good, but it's not great. It wasn't really worth the wait. And um, so here we are once again. They haven't released an album since 2012, and now they're finally coming out with a new one. So I was, you know, hesitant, skeptical, whatever. And they released uh, the first... Uh, single off of it was the title track because the record's going to be called Cloth, which I don't have the slightest clue what that uh, is supposed to mean but uh, it's coming out on May 8th through Century Media and so they released the title track to that and I thought it was excellent um, the cover art is awesome the production is very like old school it kind of reminds me of their late 90s like their first couple of albums type production and I think it really uh, serves the material well and it sounds great. It sounds like a hybrid of, you know, Nagelfar and Dissection and Necrophobic all smooshed into one. And um, they released a second single, which is what I'm about to play here, called Vortex of Negativity. That just came out uh, last week, I think, and I, I enjoyed it um, quite a bit. So that's why I'm playing it right now. I, I had two singles to choose from, so I'm playing the newest one. But um, but it's great, and I'm definitely going to get this record, because uh, if, if the rest of it sounds anything like these first two singles, it's going to be great. So... Here we go from Sweden off of the album Sarah Cloth. This is Nagelfar with Vortex of Negativity.
All right, that was Naglfar with Vortex of Negativity. I think that's a really strong song. Great guitar work in that. And uh, if you liked that, check out the title track as well, because that one was the first one that they released. Um, okay, we're going to keep it in Sweden and keep it with a kind of related uh, style here, because uh, this band kind of goes hand in hand with Naglfar in terms of their style. It's Necrophobic, a uh, favorite band of mine, one of my all time favorites. And uh, their last album came out in February of 2018, their eighth one overall, called Mark of the Necrogram, and that one marked the return of uh, Anders Strelkirk on vocals, and he was uh, the vocalist for their very first album, and then he left, and then uh, their bass player had transitioned over to, you know, doing bass and vocals, old Tobias, and then whenever he left, uh, very unceremoniously, he was fired from the band because he uh, got arrested for uh, hitting his wife, and I believe pushing her down some stairs, uh, which he disputes to this day and claims that she, f- you know, f- was backing away from him and tripped and fell down or whatever, but, uh, you know, regardless of what he says, he was convicted and he was sent to prison, so they fired him, and, um, you know, denounced his uh his actions of course and uh so they got Anders back on vocals which was great but uh they went through a a span there where kind of their main guitar players that they had had for years both left and uh, so they got Frederick who I believe was in like Firespawn and I think he was in Unleashed um he joined on guitar but they just had the one guitar player and their sound really suffered for it in a live setting uh, especially in a live setting, but they released one album, The Womb of Lilithu, with him doing all the songwriting and guitar work and stuff, and it was, it was, I mean, it wasn't bad, but there's just, there was nothing about it that was memorable at all, and it just didn't sound like the same band at all, and it was just strange, it was really weird, so uh, having Anders back on vocals is great, but with Frederick doing the songwriting and stuff, it just wasn't going to be the same. And then, thankfully, one day, they made this big announcement that Frederick's no longer in the band, and we got our two guitar players back, <laughs> you know, from the from the classic line of, and it was just one of those, like, oh, God, you know, thank you, I'm so glad that they got those guys back, and uh, so they released this album, Mark of the Necrogram, was the big return, not only of Anders on vocals, but of the two guitar players as well, being back in the fold, and not only do they kind of sound like themselves again, but it's just one of the strongest records of their career, if not the strongest, and the production is phenomenal, and uh, they just really knocked it out of the park with this one, and I was uh, I was psyched for it, and uh, the album just delivered. And they're working on their next one right now. I think they've only had a change in bass player since Mark of the Necrogram, so for the most part, this lineup is intact and uh, hopefully stronger than ever. So they actually just did a live stream concert uh, recently that I got up at like 5 in the morning to watch <laughs> and record. And uh, it was supposed to have, like, professional video and professional sound, but their computer crashed, like, moments before they were supposed to go live, so they had to improvise, and somebody from the crew just filmed it all with his uh, iPhone, pretty much. So it was, like, cell phone quality, so it kind of sucked to get up that early to watch it and have it be that kind of quality, but it was worth it. I still watched the whole thing, and it was a great performance and a great set, so... It might be floating around out there on Facebook or YouTube or something, so check it out. But anyways, back to the point here. <laughs> this album's fantastic, and I suggest you buy it. So off of the album Mark of the Necrogram, this is Necrophobic with Sacrosanct.
Alright, that was Necrophobic with Sacrosanct. Uh, okay, we're going to jump to Ireland here, and this is one of my all-time favorite Doom bands. Morning Beloveth, and Morning Beloveth uh, always gets a lot of comparison to My Dying Bride, and rightfully so, because early in their career they did kind of uh, seemingly go out of their way to sound just like them. <laughs> but um, throughout their career they've evolved quite a bit, and they've taken on a, a sound all their own, and I love it. Um, I think they do a good balance with their clean vocals as well. Um, They've written some really long songs that stay interesting throughout, and I think that this one I'm about to play is a good example of that. Um, their last full length uh, was in 2015, so I'm really itching for another full length from them. They have six full lengths uh, in total, but uh, yeah, their last one came out in 2015, and I'm ready for another one. But until then, they've been doing some little things here and there, so this is uh, the most recent, just came out on March 27th of this year. It's a split that they did with uh, the Ruins of Beverest, and it came out on Van Records. And um, not much to say here. They don't deviate too much. Maybe this is a slightly more melodic, like a slightly more mellow song for them. Um, but I think it's great. Uh, I think it fits, suits the lyrics and everything perfectly. Uh, there's just a great mood to it. And... Uh, yeah, it might not be as heavy as some of their older stuff, but uh, I, I think it's a great song. So, yes, until I can get my hands on a new full length from them, I'll just have to make do with this uh, this split. So The split, I believe, is just one track from both bands as well. So this is kind of the only song of theirs on the split, in case you want to check it out. But All right, here we go. From Ireland, this is Morning Beloved with I Saw a Dying Child in Your Arms.
Alright, I'll let that play out. That was Morning Beloved with I Saw a Dying Child in Your Arms. It's an amazing song, and uh, the guitar work is phenomenal in that, and it's it's one of those things where it flows so nicely, you kind of don't really notice what all he's doing on, on guitar. Uh, I suggest that you listen to that song again, like listen to it twice and listen to the guitars closely, because um, it's just beautifully woven together layers of guitars um, doing some fairly active things even though it's a slower song and it's just kind of flowing at that same pace he's doing some pretty active stuff um, with his guitar parts and it's just perfect it's fantastic um, okay we're going to go to the United States out of Oregon here this is a band that is sadly no more um, I want to say they existed from like 2012 to 2018 and then went on a hiatus and they didn't say that they're completely done but it's just kind of an indefinite hiatus band is called Shroud of the Heretic, and I've played them one other time uh, on the podcast. Really, it's a band that is, uh, you know, the, every now and again I'll come across a band that I'm really excited that I just discovered this band, <laughs> because, you know, you get to a point in life where you feel like you've kind of heard it all, and then whenever you find something that's actually kind of tickles your fancy a certain way, you're just, just like, ooh, this is, this is great, I can't believe I'd never heard this before, but I'm really glad I found it. And that's kind of what this band is for me. So um, their second album in particular is fantastic. It's called Unorthodox Equilibrium, and that came out in 2015. So again, that's their second record, but that came out on Necroshine Records. And I I played a song off of it once before, but I'm going to play a second one off of it as well. I could have played something off the debut, which is still good, but uh, I just like this record too much. But um, they have a shirt that I really love as well that I've been meaning to get, but... My uh, shirt purchases are few and far between these days just because I have bills to pay and a kid to raise and just other things to put my money towards. But I would uh, eventually like to get it, assuming they still have it in stock, but we'll see. But uh, So do not go to their Bandcamp page and buy all the shirts so I don't have one. <laughs> Save me one. But yeah, great record, great band, and it's a shame that they're not still uh, active, because if they were to ever come through town, I would absolutely go see that. So, But uh, anyways, we'll just have to enjoy the music for now. So, Off of the album Unorthodox Equilibrium, this is Shroud of the Heretic with Sprawling Black Mass Consummation. <laughs>
Alright, that was Shroud of the Heretic with Sprawling Black Mass Consummation. Uh, I really like the twists and turns uh, in that song, and, and whenever it gets to kind of the clean guitar parts in there, I think it breaks it up really, really nicely. But, um, of course, I love just that style of death metal in general, and uh, I think they do it exceptionally well. Alright, we're going to go to Poland. This band I always thought was German, don't ask me why. Uh, but no, they are Polish. <laughs> the band is Blaze of Perdition, and uh, they're signed to Metal Blade, and they just released their fifth album on Valentine's Day of this year called The Harrowing of Hearts. I had been meaning to check it out for some time, and it took me a while. It wasn't until recently that I finally listened to it, and it's really good. Uh, the, most of their stuff is really good, but uh, I do like this new album quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, I don't really have much else to say. My... my um, what do you call it? My experience with this band is not uh, that vast. They're a band that I really only first heard of within the past year, and um, so I've kind of been slowly but surely kind of pecking away at their back catalog here and there when I think about it. But they're a good band. They're not one that I go rushing out to uh, to go purchase something of, you know, whatever. But um, but they're a solid band, and this new album is very good. So. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to play this tune off of it. This one stood out to me as a favorite. I've listened to this new one a couple of times um, and then kind of got distracted. Uh, I always like to give these albums two or three spins before I form an opinion on it. I've listened to this one twice and then I just kind of got distracted with stuff preparing to move and all that. But yeah, this is a good tune. So off of the harrowing of hearts, this is Blaze of Perdition uh, with, with Madman's Face. <laughs>
All right, that was Blaze of Perdition with the song With Madman's Face. Um, it's a great record. If you haven't heard it yet, I know it's still pretty fresh, but if you haven't heard it yet, I suggest you check it out. Uh, okay, I've reached that time where I'm going to announce the final song of the episode. Uh, I want to thank everybody again for listening and for telling other people about it. And if you want to tell someone where they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com. Or they can uh, listen on the free Podbean app, which I highly recommend. And uh, the entire back catalog of new and old episodes is also on Spotify. So go ahead and find it and follow it there. And um, if you have any sort of requests or questions or feedback or anything, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And, of course, please find and like the Facebook page because any sort of news uh, regarding future episodes uh, is going to be posted there. So, yes, I was able to get episode 63 done in time and posted in time for the work week and uh, no delays. I'm pretty proud of that. So I do have the next uh, episode worked out as far as what bands I'm going to play and all that. And then I'm going to do a themed episode after that. So probably in about a month you'll see another themed episode. And yes, I do have the theme in mind, so it's going to be a tricky one, but I'm going to make it happen. Okay. Let's wrap this up. This is another band that I thought was German. I don't know why the hell I think everybody's German, but uh, this band's actually Swiss, and uh, it was a one-man project for a number of years, and now he has a uh, female member as well. So it's a two-person project for the last uh, couple albums, I think. Um, but the band is called Borgne, and it's B-O-R-G-N-E, and it's kind of an industrial black metal thing. It's not, uh, it leans more on the black metal side than the industrial side, but uh, it definitely does kind of have that, uh, that kind of sterile, mechanical kind of vibe to it, but it's not, uh, industrial in the sense of, like, sounding like ministry or some shit. But, um, but yeah, this band has done nine albums in total, I had never heard of them until this new one, and what struck me was the cover. It's a really um, sinister-looking cover. Uh, it's black and red, and uh, just kind of this girl, this little girl kind of in the crucifix, you know, pose, and uh, it's just kind of an interesting, dark-looking cover, and it just kind of drew me in, so I checked it out and thought it was cool. And in fact, uh, Krigsgrove, you know, the members of Krigsgrove, we made a playlist, um we each picked like seven or eight songs and just kind of made a playlist for people to enjoy just while they're stuck at home with nothing to do. So uh, one of the songs that I submitted to the playlist was this one. And it's very long. You know I like to do this with the uh, the last track of the episode. But uh, it's worth it. It is 17 minutes. Don't freak out. It is a damn fine song and um, it'll fly by, I promise. But uh, this new album, which is simply titled Y, the letter Y, uh, came out on March 6th. It's the ninth album overall, once again. But uh, it's really good stuff, and I have yet to dive into their back catalog. So for all I know, all nine of these albums could be amazing, and I've just been missing out this whole time. But all I know is I've checked out this newest one, and I think it's really great. Um, so this song is pretty epic, and it's pretty special. So it's a good way to end things here. So take care, everybody. Stay safe. Enjoy your week, and I will be back in a couple weeks with another one. So cheers, everybody. This is Borgna with A Voice in the Land of Stars.
Oh, 